Unlimited Influence podcast, episode 25. Are you a coach or consultant who wants everyone to know who you are? Head over to theaccelerantgroup.com and grab your free copy of the Brand Builder Formula. Get ready to accelerate your business results. Hey everyone, Samantha Riley here and I'm super excited to be welcoming today's featured guest, Carly Nimmo. Carly is a born communicator. She's an ex-radio jock, producer and copywriter, current in-demand voiceover artist and has run her successful voiceover agency, Killer Copy, for over a decade. Carly is also an avid and successful podcaster with her number one iTunes hit, Carlosophies, Stories Behind Success, and the creator of Redcasters Podcasting School, where she teaches entrepreneurs how to podcast like a pro. Her current mission is to rid the world of shit-sounding podcasts. Welcome to the show, Carly. Thank you. I'd love you to pull back the curtain a little and give our listeners a sneak peek into who you are and what makes you tick. Oh, okay. So, I guess... I am obsessed with audio. I'm a voiceover artist. I used to work in radio. I've been working as a voiceover artist and agent since 2004. And yeah. And so, you know, I've worked with audio a lot through that. And then I started a podcast. So I had a whole bunch of different things happen. So my, my business started 12 years ago. And ever since I was kind of seeking purpose and meaning in my life and looking to do something that was a bit more meaningful than, you know, voiceover work for large corporates. Yeah. And yeah. And so I kind of tried a whole bunch of different stuff. One was a co-working space, which was a dismal failure, which I lost a hundred thousand dollars in that venture. And. Yeah, as a voiceover artist, like, <laughs> you know, I'm a small business owner. $100,000 is a big deal for That's me. Massive. Yeah. It hurt. And, um, and, and so did the fact that, like, I had created this business that was really trying to fulfill a need that wasn't being met within me, which was community at that time. I just wanted to have some like minded friends. And so. Yeah, connection. I was really craving connection. And as a soul, you know, as a soulpreneur or whatever, like someone working from home by themselves, it can be lonely, you know, when you haven't got an office of people to hang around. And for me, at that point in time, I had no kids, so I didn't have that way to meet people. Uh All I really had was the gym. And, you know, even then, most people have their headphones on. They're not really up for a chat. So, you know, so I kind of started it because I was just supremely lonely and it, it all just went south from there, really. So, from <laughs> the so- to- sorry, like, I'm really keen to hear a little bit about this story. So, yeah. when you decided that you were going to open this co-working space, what happened to take you to a $100,000 loss? Was it like a, you know, did you see it coming? Was it like, did it happen quickly? Was it like you could see this train wreck coming for ages? Yeah, there were so many things that I did wrong and that I would do differently uh, if I, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I guess. One was I kind of, I kind of went in with the build it and they will come philosophy. So I, I, I built the whole thing. Well, I didn't build the building. Yes. I mean, I leased the building, <laughs> but I created everything down to the finest details yes. um, before I opened the doors. And there were a bunch of people telling me that they thought it was a great idea. And so I just kind of went off that and then opened the doors and it was kind of crickets. Because yes. it turned out that people people wanted to, you know, they liked the idea, but they didn't really want to pay for it. So that was kind of my first mistake, figuring out if there was a market that was willing to pay for it where I lived. One other thing that I really, I mean, I kind of considered that, you know, Byron, I live just outside of Byron, and it's 
it, there's like 8,000 businesses registered in the Shire when there's about 8,000 people who live there. Wow. So, so there's most people are self-employed. Yes. But that doesn't mean that they're thriving financially. Yes. And so, and rents are extremely high. So people are paying high rent to have a spare bedroom to work from. And so they didn't want to be paying for the spare room and then paying for a co-working space as well. So it just, you know, there wasn't a lot of planning into, or a lot, I didn't do my market research, to be honest. You know, I just kind of loved the idea and jumped in without really testing the waters. You know, if I did it again, which I won't, but if I did, (laughs) (laughs) saying it, that that idea's gone. Um, But if I did, I would, you know, I would run some pop-up spaces or, you know, really, really embed myself in the community, which I I had. I was on the board for the local chamber and all that kind of jazz. Mm. But I wasn't that, you know, the reason I wanted to start it was because I wanted to make entrepreneurial friends. So, you know, instead of doing that, I could have just joined a meetup group or something and gotten my fix that way. <laughs> yeah, so it's really interesting. There's two um, – we've done another couple of episodes. One was with Beck Darrington from Source Bottle and the other one was um, with Kelly Bruhaha and they've both touched on exactly what you touched on there, which is the feedback from friends is not helpful whatsoever. Yeah, that, totally. is, that What we're looking for is actually the feedback from the people who are willing to pay. Yeah. Um, and just get it out there as fast as possible. Don't worry about yeah. the details because the details will come as you're getting the feedback from the clients who are already paying Absolutely. The money. And I think in terms when you're doing something like a co-working space, which is really building a community, yes. you need them to be invested in the community. So you're much better building it around and with them than you are creating what you think they need. Yes. You know, and when I, when I, like, I'll get to the Radcasters part soon, but, um, with, hopefully, <laughs> with, <laughs> with Radcasters, I did it the complete opposite way. People right. were coming to me, asking me for help setting up their podcast, asking me about audio, all that kind of jazz. And so instead of like creating it all down to the minutest detail and then launching, instead, I actually just opened the cart. I had the idea, got a website up, opened a cart, and that was it. Yep. And so I had 15 people sign up to that first round and, yeah, and the the rest is history. I created it around them, which yes. meant that I also created a much better community because the people were invested because I was making it for them, you Absolutely. know. And, and using their feedback exactly to design the product because yep. you already know how to do a podcast. You don't need the course, but they do. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's very easy for us to think that we know what people don't know when we don't really, particularly when we're, you know, a quote-unquote expert in our field. It's very easy to speak at 10 levels above their head and above their level of understanding where this way I knew what they needed and I knew what their stumbling blocks were and then I could create it around what I saw happening for them. And it's still that way. I still run Radcasters exactly the same way. So the the content is is there, but when I see that people are struggling with in one particular area, then I'll rearrange the content and create new content, you know, to to cater to what they need at that time. I love so that. it's 
Yeah, it's like an it's an evolution, which keeps it exciting too because, you know, an e-course, you can create it and then it can just kind of sit there and passive income. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, which I don't With believe that there's sarcasm. a really yeah, – Exactly. <laughs> I, I could see your face, but I know no one else could. Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's a whole other topic, isn't it? <laughs> totally, oh. totally. But for me, you know, I'm a creator and yes. a communicator first and then secondly, definitely a cre- creator. And so, yeah, I, I have to be creating. So it's great to be able to rejig content and make sure that it's, it's catering to, to my people. Yeah. I love sure. that. I, I've got a very good friend that put, she's a creator as well. And, and she put together this massive, huge, you know, 12 week online course for, I'm not, I think it was for actresses or, but like creative people. And she invested so much money and so much time. Like it totally took up her whole life. And yeah. then she launched it. And then she had a meltdown because no one bought. And, yeah. you know, I, I feel really sorry for her, you know, but I had said maybe you should sell it first and then create it. But yeah, there's a lot of people feel really uncomfortable about doing that, but it is totally the way to go. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for MVP, right? Minimal viable product. Because it's like, that's, that's really my philosophy these days is if I have an idea, how can I make it, how can I bring it to life that is easy? You know, what's, what's the minimum that I'd have to do to bring this thing to life so that I'm not investing a hundred thousand dollars in a business that then is crickets. I'll know straight away. I'm getting feedback in real time, you know? Absolutely. And would you agree that the more you do that each time you launch with even less and less, the easier it gets as you go. Yeah, because you, I, I'm obsessed. The other thing that I'm obsessed with is fear because I have experienced it all my life <laughs> and I'm, I'm an expert in fear. <laughs> so in terms, of, in terms of the fact that, you know, it's present all the time with me. Yes. So, yeah, so it's like, Oh, I can't even remember what I was going to say there. I'm on a uh, detox at the moment. So my brain is like <laughs> a thought comes in and then and it's it like, flips out. Um, out <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> That's what I love but, about this show. We're authentic. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> and uh, one, one thing that I did want to say about like probably closing up on that failed business thing was there were a lot of things that went wrong there after I opened the doors. One was I wasn't heavy enough in my promotion. I yes. could have done a lot more than I did. Yes. And also I think there were key things that happened. One was I went into a business partnership. It wasn't the right partnership. I did it for completely the wrong reasons. Yes. It went south very, very close you know, to kind of opening within kind of three or four months. Yes. And and she had to leave and for really quite legitimate reasons. There was yes. a lot of stuff going on with her personally. And she just had to to leave the partnership. And I to I had to let her go and be okay with that, you know. And then what was going to be me floating fifty percent of a business became me, you know, essentially funding a hundred percent of the business. And that yeah, that just we'll just was, you over the edge. Yeah, and then and then you know commercial leases are really hard to get out of. So mm-hmm. you know I was kind of trapped, and yeah, so it was just it was like it was kind of all gone from open the doors to close the doors within twelve months. Wow, wow, and a lot of lessons learned in that time. Yes, and you're still here to tell the story, yeah. and you know it probably felt really, really not good at the time. 
No. Um, but it's amazing what can come out of stories of of hardship and the resilience and the getting back up and, okay, well, what did I learn and, and moving forward? Yeah, and, you know, it's really, it's, it's really helped me deal with my fear of no one showing up to the party, you know. Like that was actually one of my fears was that I would throw parties and no one would show up. And then I threw this big party and, and no one did show up. And now I know that even if I throw a party, like I have to be throwing the party because I want to throw a party for starters. Yes. And then I have to be okay that if no one shows up, it's not personal. Like it's not that they don't like me or, you know, they think I'm an idiot or, or whatever. It's just because it's a business. Like if yeah. they don't want the product, they don't want the product. Yeah. That's yeah. next thing, you know, so it's, it's made me a lot more okay with failure that's awesome I used to suffer from that taking things so personally until I read the book the four agreements and I don't know if you've read it but that was a massive game changer for me to realize that you know we're all busy and we're all in our own lives and and don't take it personally because who knows what's going on we're all so you know head down doing our own thing and it's not all about us yeah. And, you know, it did lead me to great things because from there, you know, I did, I, I had taken the, the failure very personally at the start. It was like a personal rejection. And so, you know, it took me a while to kind of find and move through that. And I wanted to talk about failure a lot because that's one of my things. I, I, I don't know, I'm like a too much information type person. And so, I, you know, I just want to talk about when things aren't feeling good and when things are feeling good. I like to cover the whole spectrum, not just like the Instagram showy, showy stuff, but it all because it's, you know, life's hard. Yeah. So, yeah, so I just became obsessed with with exploring fear and failure and that's what led me to start my podcast, Carlosophies, was I just wanted to have these real honest conversations with people and I had all the recording gear. I'd wanted to start a podcast for like 10 years, so I just bit the bullet and did it. And then that, like, that podcast has just led me to so many amazing things. So it went into new and noteworthy. It hit number one in business, in the business category within 48 hours. Wow. And Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So it was like huge and, yeah. and huge for me. I stayed in new and noteworthy for like three months and I've been featured in what's hot on and off for the past 18 months. And it's just been an amazing journey for me. And then obviously people started coming to me asking me, how can I learn how to make mainly a podcast that sounds good? Yes. Um, but also, you know, they wanted to, yeah, they just, I mean, they just needed tools because there's so much tech and stuff when it comes to podcasting. It can be really overwhelming. Yes. So, yeah, so this was just a way for me to share what I knew and, yeah, and so the rest is history. I created Radcasters Podcasting School. We just celebrated a year. I've been doing, you know, I'm speaking at ProBlogger in a few weeks. Oh, yay, um, I'm going up yeah. there too. <laughs> <laughs> yay, drinks. So, yeah, so I'm doing like a lot more public speaking now yes. and and I'm just, yeah, I'm in a much better space. Oh, and I fell pregnant the weekend that I found someone to sublet my space. So it was like it all kind of worked out in the end, you know? Yeah. Once you were on the right path, everything just – it's funny in life that when you are on the right path, things just start to flow beautifully. Yeah. And I think sometimes for me, prior to that office collective, I was really looking for the right path mm -hmm. where sometimes you just got to feel your way into the right path, you know, and you just got to – you, I don't know, you just kind of wake up and you're like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm on the right path. How did I end up here? Yeah. Because <laughs> you know? yep. you're looking for it when, I don't know, it's like looking for your keys. 
when you're in that real seeking space, it's not the same as like an, an allowing space, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like pushing rather than, than attracting. And- Absolutely. And I always say like you can't grab a, you know, you can't get a gift with a closed fist. You can't hold on to it because there's no room. I love so you got to, you know, yeah, I love it too because it's like, it's like a visual thing too. It's like yes. the clo- you, can't, you can't, what can you hold in a, you know, you can't be open to receiving with a closed fist. So you just yep. have to relax and, and let things happen sometimes. Yes. Yeah, I think there's got to be a, a mixture of both. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm very much about, well, you know, you can't sit on a hill somewhere and manifest a Ferrari just to show up. No, no. You know, you've got to take some action. <laughs> However, I do agree in, in that, you know, just allowing things to naturally present themselves because yeah. someone asked me this morning, how was it that you came up with this podcast? And I said, you know what? I'd been wanting to do a podcast for two years, but I didn't know what it was. And at the exact time that I thought, oh my God, I've got it. It was the first episode was live in 48 hours. Yeah. Because it just, everything just happened at the right time. Yeah. 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 I think I, I always say to my toddler, we can do this the easy way or the hard way, you know, and the easy way, it still requires work. You still have to do the things that need to be done Yes, in order to have what you want to have. But the hard way is you can do that forcing it. Yes. You know, it's it's a different energy. It absolutely is. And I went through a couple of years of forcing because I didn't really know where I was headed. I was in this really bizarre space. Didn't, you know, I'd kind of lost myself. But it was like the more I forced, the more overwhelmed and unclear I became. It wasn't until I actually sat in the mess that I was and allowed it to just sit with me that everything started happening. And from that point where I just let it all go, it happens so quickly. Yeah. So quickly. Yeah. And it does. It does. And yeah, I hear that from everyone that I speak to who has had some level of success, you know, whether that is financial success or just found their purpose success. That That's the story with all of them. You know, they kind of just, I don't know, allowed it a little bit to happen. Yes. And then bam, yeah. there you are. Perfect. So what I'd love to ask is how important has it been for you to build your personal brand? So the brand of Carly Nimmo and following on from that, has it leveraged the growth of your business in whatever it is? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I had a lesson in this a few months ago where I had created, you know, I'd had all these businesses that had never been Carly Nimmo. Yes. They, you know, it had been Killer Copy, which is my voiceover agency not related to me in any, you know, besides my voice is a a voice on it. Yes. It's not, like it's not a personal business. And then I had the Office Collective and that was the same. It was kind of like a business. Yes. And then I started my podcast and my podcast actually was called Own Your Awesome. But I came up against some trademark stuff and just decided to dump that and move into my own name. Yes. And own me, you know, I didn't know where I was leading, where that was going. I just wanted to podcast. So I stepped into it being me then. And, and then I started Radcasters and Radcasters obviously was another business. Yes. And not, not a personal brand as such. And Radcasters has been running along for a while now. And probably earlier in the year, I accidentally sent out an email that wasn't like, it didn't have the right link or there was something wrong. I, it actually wasn't my fault. It was anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I won't blame anyone. Um, but yeah. But anyway, I ended up having to email them again, and I'd said 
did did anyone have any questions? Did they want to jump on a call with me and I'll answer some questions if you've got them about Radcasters? Yes. And I had a few people jump on the call. They all bought. They just wanted to know that I was me. Yes. You know, and and, and then I realized, oh, hang on a second. This really isn't Radcasters. It's me delivering something. And yeah. what people want is me. Yes. Not just a brand. Yes. So I've kind of moved. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's hard for me to answer because I'm not – my own personal brand in one sense of the word, but I am in another sense. So my my speaking, all those kind of things is definitely coming from me being a yes. podcast expert yes. and Rad is, is just the course that I deliver. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely because, you know, I love to get all these different perspectives of how that we all see it because there's no right or wrong. Uh, yeah. You know, I've got an opinion and so does everyone else and that's fine. I'm very much about let's open up the conversation and you know, put our heads together. I believe that a personal brand is becoming more and more and more necessary as yeah. we're getting all these marketing messages at us. We don't want to do business with a big corporate as much anymore. We want to do business with someone that we know, like and trust. Yeah. And going back to your co-working story and you said you were after connection, that's what everyone is looking for. They're looking yeah. for connection. So it, by those people getting on a call with you, they're listening to your voice, they're hearing a real person, they're hearing the energy and, you know, the way that you speak. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I want to I be with her. I want to yeah. get and on I that train. People also, um, you know, they want to know that you are you, as in like they, they read your content and they maybe watch a few videos or they listen to your podcast, but is it really you? Yes. You know? Yes. Like, are you, is that, is that authentic or is that just a show piece that's not really you? Yes. Where for me, everything, you know, I write all my copy myself. It's in my own words. Yes. It's, I write because I, my background's in copywriting for radio. I write as I speak. It's just, you know, something that I do. So yes. the communication is all very aligned. And I think that's really important when it comes to a personal brand is for, for it to, you know, to be aligned so that the you that they get if they run into you at the shops is actually, if you're a personal brand that is, yes. is actually the you that is doing the podcast, that is doing the live streams, you know, because if it's not, people pick up on that stuff. Absolutely. And that's that thing that they're just like, just doesn't feel right. I just don't, don't trust that person. And they may not even realize why. It's just yeah. that, yeah, I don't know why. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And on that, on that personal brand thing, the other thing that actually happened around that same time was I ran a webinar. It went really well, had a really great um, response to it. And then I had a woman's unsubscribe from my list and she sent me a really kind of nasty email. And I was like, Oh, I wonder, she's like, I didn't sign up for this list. And so then I was kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. I feel really horrible if she's been getting emails and she hasn't signed up for my list. Yes. So I looked into it and, and I ended up call, we ended up calling the, the woman to find out what had happened. And what had actually happened was she had been on my webinar. Yes. But she didn't know that Radcasters wasn't me. Like she thought that I was Carly Nimmo and who the hell was Radcasters. Oh, so she was getting right. these emails yeah, yeah, yeah. from Radcasters and not putting two and two together, but th that this was the girl who had done the webinar. Yes. So then I just changed, you know, then I was like, okay, I've got to own that, that this is more than, you know, Radcasters is definitely, I am 
the face of it. So I've got to own that a bit. So I just, yeah, I chucked a photo in my, um, you know, email header. Yes. So that then people do know, oh, they've got a visual. Oh, yeah, yes. that's that girl, but you know. She's a real person. Yeah, and I think sometimes we can underestimate that and our bra- think our brand is separate. But, yeah, you're right. People do want to buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Absolutely. Because we want to be surrounded. It's, it's about that tribe building thing. You know, we want to be sur- surrounded by people that, you know, that get us or, yeah. you know, they've got our values or whatever it is. So you've figured out that that personal brand is kind of something that, that you've gone down the path and has seen the, the gold in having. What do you believe are the three things which have had the greatest impact in the growth of that, of your personal brand? Oh, gosh. My, like, this sounds like such a cliche, but my authenticity, because who you see in all areas is me. Yes. So if you did run into me, the shops, I'm the same person. Yes. You know, so that has definitely been the, the key. And I mean, the podcast has had a big role to play in that too. Yes. You know, definitely I've created some relationships that I don't even know exist. You know, people, know who I am. Yes. And and they have a relationship with me and I'm not even aware of that right now. You know? Yeah. And that is, you know, we're helping people that we don't even know that we're helping. And and how awesome is that? Also and and people having conversations about about us that we don't even know about. You know, like I I find that the amount of people who actually reach out, it's such a small fraction of who is actually out there listening and and feeling like they're connected to you in some way. It's a very small percentage that actually reach out and say thanks. Absolutely. You know. And I I can't remember the name of the person, but I did a course over Christmas that and it was someone in America and he was a radio announcer, so he had a similar background to yourself. Um, and the whole course was around voice and audio and storytelling and – I didn't realize that audio, listening to the radio, listening to a podcast has a far, far, far greater connection than seeing yeah. something on television and I didn't know. And as he was explaining why, I was like, wow, this is so, so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. That is that is why, you know, that is why I'm obsessed with podcasts because, yeah, people don't have to disconnect from what they're doing to consume. It's like, yeah, it definitely breaks down some big not barriers, but, you know, people feel like they know you much more, much faster Yes, when it comes to audio because they're also – this is all they have, right, the cues of your voice and we're not even aware that, you know, like I know that most of the way that we perceive things is through what's happening with our sight, right? Yes. But there's also a huge amount of things that's happening within the tone of our voice. Yes. And – and that, like, we don't know that much about because it's really all about body language all the time. But from what I see, yeah, the, the connections that you build through audio only, yeah, it's weird. I remember just having a, a call with my online business manager and my VA and one of us has really terrible internet, so we can't do it with video. So we just do it in audio. And the other, the other person on the call was like, oh my God, Carly, I have never been just audio only with you and it was like you were so authoritative like you just sounded totally different to to what she gets when we're on camera that's really interesting yeah 
Yeah. So she was like, I was just sitting there going, oh, talk some more, talk some more. <laughs> yeah, like nobody wants to see my face that much. That's why I worked in radio, you know. For anyone that's listening, don't believe anything that Carly's just saying now. She's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Gym sweat, pigtails. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool. <laughs> so, okay, so just recapping, you, you, your authenticity is the first yeah. thing, which I agree is the key to everything. Your podcast is the second thing. What do you yeah. think the third thing would be? I would say my my ability to tell it like it is would be the third one. I, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's a bit of a hindrance more than a, than a gift, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have one of, you know, I really value integrity. Yes. And so sometimes I feel like it gets in my way a little bit because I want to be always coming from a place of integrity. And sometimes, you know, the marriage between sales and integrity can feel a bit weird. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that comes from my background is in sales. So many, many, many years ago, I used to work in photographics and I was a salesperson. Yes. So, you know, and we had like a, a way to sell. And yeah. so I had been trained in traditional sales. Yes. So it was like, you know, overcome objection, overcome objection, overcome objection, get the yes, get the yes, get that kind of stuff. And for yes. me, it felt slimy because it wasn't really in integrity with what I wanted to do. No. So, or who I was for that matter. It was yes. all about getting sale. And yes, there was an element of making sure that person, for me, the integrity was in making sure that person left with the right product for them. Yes. So, there was integrity in it, but there was a lot of formula stuff, which I'm kind of allergic to. <laughs> so, 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 that has been a bit of my detriment, but it also has been part of the reason why people do connect to me because I don't do things the way everybody else kind of does them. And I remember when I was working as a sales rep, my boss used to say to me, you know, you just have to be more professional. Yes. <laughs> and and the thing that was working for me wasn't that I was unprofessional, but that I was relatable. Yes. And I wouldn't like for them to get a sale. So if they asked me, what, you know, this camera, it, we've had a few back in and we're a bit concerned about it, I would ring up service and they would say, yeah, it's got to be a inherent fault and I just tell them that let's choose another one yes and and so a lot of my bosses wouldn't have done that they would have just been like or a lot of my colleagues would have just been like oh no there's nothing wrong with it kind of thing yeah where I was really honest about it and so I got respect from people because they trusted me absolutely so so that realness and that integrity is absolutely paramount to my personal brand Yes. Because it is who I am. And so I make sure and, – and sometimes it is a bit of self-sabotage going on too because I don't want to follow somebody else's formula in terms of, you know, creating the perfect sales funnel and all that kind of jazz. I will learn from others, but I have to do it my way. And that's a really good distinction and I talk about it all the time and I think I chatted about it on an interview yesterday was that we can see what works for other people but just because it works for someone else doesn't mean yeah. it's going to work for us. We can we can model it, but it works for them because it's theirs and they created it to suit themselves. And don't get into this glossy world where you think, I've got to do that because it's working for that person because you may have very different triggers, different motivators, and if you're being authentic, there's going to be things along the way that are just going to catch. 
Yeah. I do think it's important to, to know what the rules are so that you can break them. Yes. You know, effectively. Yes. So I've had conversations with a, uh, one of my best mates about this kind of stuff all the time where she loves – she's kind of like, just tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. Tell me the step-by-step on how to do it. And I'm like, but I can tell you the step-by-step how to do it, but it's not necessarily going to work for you because you're not me. Yes. You know? And then I'm kind of like, oh, don't, don't follow formulas, don't follow formulas. And she's like, but then you're not really learning. It's like, no, I'm, I'm still consuming content. I'm just very much aware of what my values are as a person and as a brand. Yes. And so, and integrity is one of them. And so I have to, and authenticity is another one. So it's like, it has to, it has to be, it has to feel right to me in order for me to do it. And if it yes. doesn't, I'll leave it. Yeah. Because if it's not being delivered with 100% confidence from you, people will feel that. Yeah, absolutely. I was um, doing a talk a couple of weeks ago about, you know, being authentic, about also, you know, standing out, talking about using our quirks and our idiosyncrasies to stand out. And this woman had black hair with this bright green stripe and it looked awesome. And, you know, I commented and said that, you know, I love that. And she said, oh, you should do something like that. That would make you stand out. And, I mean, you can see me, the blonde hair and very girly. And I just went, yeah, no, it wouldn't yeah. work for me. Yeah. Everyone would just yeah. be like, what is that? You know? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it- I mean, I've got bright red hair, you know. It, it, it works for me because red is my favorite color and I love it. Yes. but And it works with my skin tone and, yes. and whatever. But it's not for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's the thing, like that kind of cookie, cookie cutter approach to business, just it's, it got, it's got zero soul. And these days people are savvy. Absolutely. They are savvy. Absolutely. They, they, they know what's going on yes. and they, and they know more than you know what's going on with you. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it's about not being vanilla. Yeah. You know, being very spicy and, Having your own spice there, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, that same friend of mine who I was talking about with the whole formula thing, we were talking about how in business you have to stand for something or you'll kind of fall for anything yes. kind of thing. And and you need to kind of – she had just been to this big conference in the States or like a mastermind meetup thing and they had said, you know, you really have to stand for something. What do you stand for? And I think there's two ways to look at that, right? Like. How, what do I stand for? But then if I stand for something really, really, you know, strongly, then is that going to polarize people? And and is that what it means? Do I yeah. need to polarize people? Yeah. Or, you know, like there's a there's a lot of different elements, but I think the the biggest element is is knowing who you are. Therefore, you know what you stand for, and therefore you won't fall for anything. You won't fall for all the the cookie cutter approaches, the you know five ways, you know the five key steps to this and this and this, because you know who you are, and you know. So it's really about standing for yourself. Yes. Yeah, and it's okay to be a little bit controversial at times to go, this is actually what I believe in Yeah, because, yeah, you will get haters and you'll get people that go, don't believe, don't like that, and that's really cool because they were never going to be in your tribe anyway. And in actual fact, you're better off to do that and just start with a clean slate with the people that go, we love what she's saying and we totally stand for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you will help more people when you do that. Absolutely. Because you're going to be helping you know, the right people. Yeah, and how refreshing is it when you actually say something and everyone goes, you know what, 
you, you just said what we've all been thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love Story that. Of life. Yeah. So if there was one piece of advice that you wish someone had given you or shared with you at the beginning of your business journey, what would it be? Oh, man. What would it, it was so long ago. I, I think I lost a lot of my brain when I gave birth to my toddler. <laughs> I, can't actually, I can't think back that far. In that, in those early days, even in those early days, I would have liked to have known that it didn't have to be hard, mm-hmm. that it didn't have to be all on me. You know, I've been in business for a long time now. So now I run a business and I have a, you know, I've created it around my lifestyle and there's a lot of free time and to, to focus on the things that I want to do. And my business is very much set up so that I can show up in my areas of strength. Yes. So. You know, this year my plan was I just want to show up, like show up physically. So it's like I want to be behind the mic and I want to be behind the camera and I want to be writing a little bit and really not much more than that. And I want to do – I actually want to do my invoicing so that I can be – you know, I've got a finger in that pie. So I want to be involved in my finances, not because it's fun but because it's challenging for me Mm -hmm. and I want to be showing up. Yes. And then the rest of the stuff, I want to create systems and have other people deal with it. And so that's, that's what I've done. And, you know, I started in 2004. In 2009, I hired my first editor. Yes. And before that, I was working 16 hours a day editing and doing just stuff I hated. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I actually had a business coach friend come and stay with me and she's like, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you getting someone to, do this and I was like oh I don't know if I can afford it you know all the usual stuff yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm ready for a staff member blah and I did it and honestly it's been the best thing I ever did he's been on my team now since 2009 he's like my right hand man yes love him to he's like a brother you yeah. know and and so I wish I had done that earlier yeah you know wish, and I wish I had known that I didn't have to I didn't have to control everything I didn't have to be micromanaging everything you know that's when I had my, so I've been in business since 1994, and in my first few years of business, absolutely micromanaged everything. Didn't take any time off. We had, you know, physical oh, stores. Took no time off at all. Even when we hired our first staff member, like super weird. I still used to show up, even though we were paying her, to make sure yep. that everything was right, <laughs> because. I thought that my way was the only way and it was the best way and it wasn't until someone said, you know what, they aren't going to do it your way, Sam, but what they're going to do is give it their flavor and give, and, and put their thing, whatever it is, into the job. So it's not going to be the same as yours, but that's the beauty in it. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what that's what drives me now. I love having a team that are playing to their strengths yes. and helping me play to mine. Yeah. You know, so that – I mean, that is the most rewarding thing. I had worked for some hideous bosses in the past and that was a part of the reason I wanted to go and work for myself was that I just, I eventually saw myself having a team and being like an amazing boss, you yes, know? Yes. And I feel like, you know, I've still got work to do. I mean, we all do. But, um, yeah, but I feel like I, I give my team enough autonomy yes. and trust that they kind of know what they're doing and, and we're, Hey, the thing is, when I was working 16 hours a day, stuff was falling through the cracks yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so now, mistakes, they're few and far between. And when they do happen, I'm like, hey, dude, you're human. Yes. We're all human. 
we just got to learn from this. How can we make it not happen again? Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Carly, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you today. It's I've really, really enjoyed our conversation and, and getting to know you. If my listeners, listeners would like to stay connected with you, how can they do that? Well, I'm active on Facebook, so it's just Carly Nimmo. And you can head to radcasters.com and check out what's going on over there. So I run a six-week online podcasting course, mm-hmm. which takes you from no idea to iTunes. And it's awesome. I've got like a little cult. That's what I love. Like I've created this, you know, e-course and now I've got like this little cult of like, there's about 75 people in my community so far. And yeah. And they're just like, when, when I see them in real life, they're like, Oh, I'm part of the cool gang kind of thing. I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Oh, look, I'm a radcaster too. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, um, so yeah, so there's like a, a really good Facebook community as part of radcasters. And then I also have a membership that I've just started, which I'm absolutely super excited about it's for existing podcasters to learn more about you know, everything that they need to take their podcast to the next level. So it's, a, it's you know, we talk about audio, we talk about space, we talk about marketing and there'll be guests, but there's also live calls with me. So, and they're just kind of, I'm kind of like a, some of my superpowers include like intuition, like yes. I'm very intuitive. I'm really good at helping people move through their own crap. So those live calls are really, a, you know, they're about that, coming together as a community, being led to yeah to kind of grow and expand your audience and and do their thing and shine their light out into the world yeah Yeah. because you know everyone has an amazing message inside them that's one thing that I've learned throughout this whole journey has been that everybody has an incredible story to share and everybody has something worthwhile saying yes most people just hide away because they're too scared of yeah absolutely absolutely You've said exactly what I say all the time, and I totally agree. Thank you so much, Carly. Thank you. Are you a coach or consultant who wants everyone to know who you are? Head over to theaccelerantgroup.com and grab your free copy of the Brand Builder Formula. Get ready to accelerate your business results. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Unlimited Influence Podcast. You'll find the show notes over at theaccelerantgroup.com. It's your time to shine.